Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. There's a new situation now where I think if you've paid for 20 to 25 years on the loans, they'll forgive them. But how much would you pay over that time? Like I don't know. You're right. That's a good question with the interest rate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like how much are you going to actually pay to get to the forgiveness? Uh And is the forgiveness taxable at that point? Which I think it would be. Okay. So we have an idea for the inherited IRA. You're going to talk to a CPA. I think the goal would Mm -hmm. be to repurpose the money, basically do a wash. You take it out of the inherited and we get it or at least as much as we can into a retirement account with your name on it over that 10-year time okay. frame. Then okay. from your mom's standpoint, to get, I, do you have a power of attorney for her? Right. We do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is specific to New York. I would check your power of attorney. This is like if you did a follow-up question, you could even email the attorney these questions. They don't love to put uh-huh. stuff in writing, but it would be nice if you had it like just in an email. I think I like sure. things in writing so I can reference them again. But um, Right. In New York, there's a very specific rider that needs to be added to your power of attorney so that you can actually do something with it. It's called the gift rider. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the gift rider, okay. you can move like $15,000, which is not helpful when you have an account for one hundred and fifty. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I just don't know Kansas. I could probably look it up after, but you just want to make sure that the power of attorney you, has, you have, that once again, it also has your sister on it in case you're not able to do it, that there is nobody mm-hmm. that's listed on this that is not somebody you're okay with. So once again, check the names on your documents. You would be sure. shocked how often the names are not what people thought they were. Like it happens like 50% of the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I review all of my clients' documents because it's so it's so frequent. It's not who they thought it was. Mm. Or it's not listed. Like the example I gave of like, it's the attorney's wife. Like it's also just not listed. Like my client has three kids. Nobody's listed as a contingent. We have one child. Wow. Yep. Yeah. And the, you know what the office said? The attorney's office after charging them a boatload? Well, they didn't give it to us. I'm sorry. Did you ask for it? Because you had their, you, they had their information. They had all three children's information in, in, a, in the trust document, right? So they literally have it on file right. at the office. And then, then on the power of attorney, we just have one primary, no contingent. And they have literally two other children who they have, the, the law office has all of their information and just wasn't never filled in. And oh, the attorney blamed the client. Frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you always have to remember that like attorneys generally, in your case, this is not going to be particularly transactional. There's more business for them to be had. So well, they should pay mm-hmm. more attention. But if you go to an attorney right. one time and you get a trust and you get a will and you get a power of attorney and you get a healthcare proxy, they might never see you again. Mm-hmm. Right. So like a CFP is a fiduciary. Like I will, and if you have one, see you every year for the rest of your life and then probably your kids' lives and then hopefully your grandkids. Right. Like there's a lot of, sure, a lot of responsibility from that standpoint. So like it's in my best interest that it's correct because if it's not correct, it will come back on my office, even though my office didn't do it. But when there's a problem, they always, you know, your clients always call you first usually. 
So I always mm-hmm. double check these documents with like a fine tooth comb. I always check estate documents on a weekend when nothing else is going on, when there's no emails, there's no phone calls, there's no distractions. So I can make sure everything's right. And I will say in the past couple of months, I have not seen one set of estate planning documents that has been correct. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, it's definitely good advice for me to go double check things and yeah, make sure it's as we want it to be. Yep. And then it also that the power of attorney is going to enable you if there was a need to move 50,000 from the IRA that you actually have that authority with that document. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is, this is good. That's helpful to know too. Um, yeah. There's a lot of, lot of money in different, different honey pots. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So let's get into, if you're ready and you want to, we can get into your stuff. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Let's dive in. Okay. Do you do have some marching orders for your parent stuff? And that, and Everything that you learn for your parent stuff is going to make you better at your money. It's all right. You're seeing it. Unfortunately, my dad would call it. You're learning it by bumping into the furniture, which is not mm-hmm. the way you, you don't want to learn it that way. Mm-hmm. But the benefit is you're going to learn a lot and you're going to know more than most people because some people never go through it. And most people don't, a lot of people don't go through it to way later in life where they, they can't then say, wow, I would do things differently and they just don't have as much time to do it differently because they're 50. A hundred percent. Yeah. So there is, um, yeah, there's a, there's a benefit that, you know, um, this has kind of fallen into my lap, um, to be able to do things a little differently on my end. Yeah. And I love the idea of using the inherited IRA to boost your retirement, but you don't have to do that. So, okay. so this will break this into two sections. So section one is you and your parents, right? And helping them sure. na- navigate their finances. And now really you're the steward of your mom's finances and making the decisions on her behalf, which is wonderful that she has you to do that. Mm-hmm. So you are making 40, let me go back to my notes here. I've moved on. Yeah. Uh, 45,000 and your <laughs> sure. husband's going to be making 75,000, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. And then- I'm on the fence. Do you want to go through kind of your income and expenses or do you want to start with your questions? What do you think? Yeah. I mean, whatever, whatever you think would be best. I'm, and my questions um, are kind of nuanced. So maybe, maybe the income first and then jump to those. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So I have your spreadsheet here. I'm just going to move it back okay. over. Okay. So you are bringing in. Doo, doo, doo. Okay. So you get paid twice a month, correct? I do. Yes. And it's $2,391 and 18 cents. And then your husband's anticipated income is going to be 4,000. Yes. And is that going to be once a month or twice? I, I think it's going to be by, is it by weekly? By um, weekly. Yes. Looking at his, we, we looked at some of his kind of company's new hire docs and that's okay. how some of the deductions were framed, um, but we're not a hundred percent on that. So, oh, so because every two weeks is 26 pay periods. Okay. But 4,000 a month would be 104,000 or 4,000 every two weeks. So the first, like first and 15th or oh, so. Sure. So I think he's going to be paid about 2,000 every or 2000 bi-weekly. So 4,000. Got it. Got it. Got it. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes more sense. So 26 pay Uh periods. Yeah. After deductions and everything. Okay. So Mm -hmm. we can plan for it. A lot of people, when they get paid, so you end up getting like an extra paycheck because it's every two weeks, right? Okay. Sure. So 
why don't we plan so you get paid twice a month? So yours is monthly twenty three ninety one, mm-hmm. and then his is going to be four thousand a month. Is what we're using. Yes, perfect. Uh-huh. Okay, so we have coming in then six thousand three hundred and ninety one coming in a month, and then we have and we'll just kind of do high level here. We have your mortgage amount, which is just a great amount for the mortgage, I think, relative to your income. So $1,655. And then we have energy, gas, AT&T, waste, exterminator. And then let me just see. So all your house expenses. Then we have your debt and and loans, right? So Correct. Uh Uh-huh. Right. So the university is 605. The car payment is 245. Credit cards, student loans, 300. And then some subscriptions. Then we have gas, gas and insurance at 253. Groceries at 725. Restaurants, entertainment. I do love that you have shopping in here. I think we don't. <laughs> I, I, if, you, uh-huh. if you've heard, I'm always like, not everyone puts shopping in there. So I like that you have that. For sure. And then you have some sinking funds, right? So we have bathroom remodel, credit card repayments, deductibles, emergency fund, home improvement, travel. So all in, when we total everything up, we come to $7,364. So we're a little bit off on the income, right? Versus the expenses. Correct. Yes. So what are we thinking? Yeah, right. So I guess, so the the stuff at the bottom of the spreadsheet that are kind of, you mentioned the sinking funds, those are what we've started to put in the vaults that we have in our savings account, mm-hmm. which is a high yield. Um, so those are things I think we could definitely stop potentially for the moment. Um, okay. Some of them, not all of them. I feel like the emergency fund is, I'm committed to keeping that. Um, yes. And probably the credit card repayment fund, maybe not at that amount. Um but right, because we, we also have the so five hundred for the credit card repayment fund. Yeah, but we also right. then have up at the top. We also then have the credit card payments of one hundred, one twenty nine, three hundred. So, okay, yeah. So you you actually are not negative if you take out the sinking funds. Correct. Yes. yes. Right. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. But we want to take care of the debt, I'm assuming. Yes. So that was that's one of my bigger questions is do we potentially pull from the the inherited IRA to help with that? Or yeah, there's a better way to shift some things around to tackle that. Yeah. Okay. So let's okay. So we have um, income coming in with all the savings goals were about a thousand off, right? Uh-huh. We get right. if we get rid of the savings goals, we're fine. But we then have mm-hmm. the, the debt, right, which is eating up a bit of the budget. So, okay, so yes. let's let's do assets. So you have your spouse has a four hundred one k for eighteen thousand. Yes. You have a four hundred three b for seventeen thousand. Mm-hmm. And on the four hundred three b, you're contributing ten percent. So you're contributing four thousand five hundred, give or take, right? Okay. So yeah, and I just yeah, and I just bumped that up. Mm-hmm. Oh, perfect. And then there is also a 401k, which is your is yours, I believe. Uh, let's see. So the third asset down on your spreadsheet, which is for $31,669.50. That, right. That was also a 403b. Um, yes. Uh, I listed 401k, but 403b. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So that's a 403b. Um, mm-hmm. We should talk about the rate of return on that. Um, right. 
<laughs> we can come back to that. And then uh, we have a One America account. What is that? Mm-hmm. Is that an IRA? Right. So those... So those two are from my former employers. Um, okay. And so I've started the process to roll over the the Fidelity account. And I'm debating what to do with the One America. Because I, for me, I'm just like, if everything's in one place, it makes it a lot easier. <laughs> um, but I don't know if that's the best decision. I just would be curious. Um, you can, you're definitely allowed to. That's your personal choice. There's like, you're allowed to aggregate your accounts. You just want to make sure the uh-huh. money types are the same. So if it's okay. a four through B, it's most likely pre-tax. I don't know what the other one is. You just want to make sure pre-tax is always with pre-tax. So that would be a traditional IRA. If okay. it's Roth monies, like so after tax, you want to make sure then it goes into a Roth. You just always want to make sure that you have the right, that it's moving to the right structure. It has to always stay okay. the same. Okay. You then have a stock account mm-hmm. and then you have an emergency fund, which is in a high yield savings account, which is great. And then um, your husband is going to have a new retirement account, which this looks great. 6% match, immediately vesting. Sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then you have another, is this other 4200 Would that also be like an emergency fund if we needed it? Right. It could be. So th- that's what we've saved so far in our different bolts. Um, okay. But if we look at it, mm-hmm, it'd be an emergency. Mm-hmm. And then so the total, including the inherited IRA, which is 140000 is two hundred. And $22,300 and 69 cents. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. And then we go over to the debt column and then we have, you have a 0% APR card, which I, this is great because it means you're paying no interest mm-hmm. on it until January. So you have a bit of time to knock this one down. Right. So you have no interest on that till 2025. That's $7,000 and change. Mm-hmm. And then we have a, another card that's also 0% percent do we know when that one ends so that is actually probably ending or ended soon so that's one that i'm thinking we need to probably knock out as soon as we can <laughs> yes i would i would i would also agree with that one that would be the first one to get rid of because it's ending and then the other one mm-hmm. we have a little under a year and that one is also zero percent till june 2024 we have six thousand four ninety three there and then we have another one that has a portion that's expiring next year, September, 2024. Mm-hmm. And then the other portion is expiring in March of 2025. Good job on the 0% APR card. This is exactly what you're supposed to do. Uh, if you're gonna carry some debt is to use the 0%. So the total for the credit cards comes to 19,000. Mm-hmm. Was this to like get into the new house and get it furnished? Was this from the wedding? I'm just curious. Yes, a combination of both of those things. So, um, yes. Yeah, because moving into a new house is expensive. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. I I was really off on my budget for the house. I was like, wait, what? How much does it cost for a bed? Yes, right. Yeah, we did a little bit of demo and remodel, and you always find something you don't expect you're going to find. So, oh, yeah. yeah. I've had no luck with that either. I'm like your mm-hmm. poster child for how real estate can go wrong. Okay. <laughs> and then we have a mortgage, which is at 5.5% for $217,000. Uh, we then have a student loan, which is at 6%, but you're going to get the forgiveness. I really hope. So that's, I guess, one of my questions too, is I was able to um, kind of get that um, 
opportunity to roll everything together and, and look mm-hmm. back. Um, and um, so I'm at currently at 87 out of 120. I think I'm going to get a few more employer, an employer approval for a couple more months. So I could be at less than three years. So when I look for a new job, I'm like, wow, I probably need to find a nonprofit to get that, um, you know, three years under my belt to knock that out. Yes, because otherwise you'd have to pay it, right? Mm-hmm. I, or I think I'd have to get to that. There's a new situation now where I think if you've paid for 20 to 25 years on the loans, they'll forgive them. But how but much would you I'm pay not... over that time? Like I don't know. You're right. That's a good question with the interest rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like how much are you going to actually pay to get to the forgiveness? Uh-huh. And is the forgiveness taxable at that point? Which I think it would be. Right. Oh, that's a good point. Also. Yeah. 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 So mm-hmm. we want to we want to make sure the math makes sense. Yeah. So like so for a, your payment right now is three hundred dollars a month. Right. When things kick up again in October, we've I've done the income contingent repayment plan, mm-hmm. and so um, I'm at three hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so ten years at three hundred dollars a month is thirty six thousand. Oh wow! Well, that, that's I think that's the answer. <laughs> yeah, there's the answer. So, so uh-huh. I so you're not you're three, basically three years off, right? Of that, uh-huh. um, right? But your balance is thirty one thousand. I don't know, and three hundred a month. So, so three hundred a month, and we pay that for basically another thirty months, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So that's 9,000. Mm-hmm. And then the balance is forgiven. Right. That's not bad. That's like a, you pay a third, they forgive two thirds mm-hmm. and tax free. Right. There's no bill for the forgiveness, but that means you're in oh. nonprofit land. Right. It does. Mm-hmm. Right. So that, okay. So I, what I would do is just continue with that as it is. And then if you get a job and you're out of nonprofit land and your income goes from 45 to I don't know, 65, well, then maybe you make a different decision, right? Maybe right. With, with the extra income, you say, you know, let's just get rid of this. If you can do it and stay there, that's fine. But also if you get a job where you start at 65 and you have earning potential to 85, I don't know, I think that would be better and then just pay off the loan instead of okay. staying in a lower income situation. Because mm-hmm. maybe that other job then is not available in three years, right? Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. So I wouldn't come back to this. I don't think this is a today problem. I think this is a, where are you? And the reason why is because you do have the money from your dad. So you could get rid of that if you needed to. So, and you also will inherit ideally some of that trust money. Hopefully that all seals and that's fine. And then Mm -hmm. that money comes. So if you think about it from that, I think I would see how it goes with school, what kind of job you can get and not outside of nonprofit land, what is the, what does that mm-hmm. income look like? If the outside of nonprofit land, you start at 55 and this is 45 and you're getting 21,000 forgiven, then maybe you stay in nonprofit. Like, so I think sure. also because you then also have the inherited IRA, you might, you are going to be inheriting if the trust seals that money. Uh, okay. Sure. So I would not stress about this. Okay. This is a That's solvable <laughs> problem. It's a solvable sure. problem um, because the money's there. It's just like, how do we be as strategic as possible? And we don't know what uh, the next, are we leaving definitively nonprofit land? If we leave nonprofit land, what is our income? There's like some things I would want to know mm-hmm. before I decide on that is how I would view okay. it. Okay. So I would leave that alone. Then you have a car loan, which it says it's going to be paid, which is 3% interest, which is, which is great. So that's going to be paid off mm-hmm. with your current payment in 2025. Yes. Yeah, so it'll, yep. So in about a year, it will also go away. Perfect. Okay. So 
let me just go back to you. So I would just, the, uh, the one credit card that's immediately going up to 20, I would get rid of that one. And then I would continue to okay. make the credit card payments on the ones. What did you do with the distribution you took um, from the inherited IRA last year? I believe we put that towards um, house and some wedding expenses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Here's my logic. I would pay off the one that has the the higher interest credit card that's you know coming due now. Okay. Let me just look at the inherited IRA. You could use that. What I will say is, and this is a personal decision, an inheritance is not a marital asset unless it's been commingled. Mm-hmm. So you are not obligated to use your inheritance if that debt was accrued jointly. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Right. So that's my hesitation here. Okay. So th- th- that's like a personal decision, but I just wanted to state that, that as long as that asset is stayed separate, so it cannot go into a joint account. Right. That is your asset is not a marital asset. Well, I mean, bar confirming that with an attorney, but generally speaking, mm-hmm. uh, inheritance is not marital as long as it's not commingled. Right. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. So my hesitation mm-hmm. with taking your inheritance and commingling it is that. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's why I asked mm-hmm. how that that how you came to have the credit card debt. So that was for joint right. expenses. So for joint ex yes, uh, joint expenses. Mm-hmm. So that's a personal decision. Mm-hmm. But an inheritance is not a marital asset as long as it stays separate. Okay. Generally, I, I want to just give the caveat. Sure. I'm not a, a family law attorney. Sure. So that would be a personal decision mm-hmm. if you want to take money out of your inheritance to pay off the credit card debt. Or I also think there's nothing wrong with, and I like that you did the 0% APR. You've probably heard me say that to other people before, mm-hmm. to use the 0% to use your budget to pay it off. Because then what happens is you have two years to pay it off with a 0% APR for some of them. What happens mm-hmm. then is that you get very comfortable on this budget. And so then when these get paid off, we now have a lot more money back in your budget. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it snowballs. So now we're done with the credit card, which was the wedding and the house remodel. So now we have, mm-hmm. let's just say in theory, we have $500 back in your, it'll be more if you just focus to get the budget back where we need it to be. Like for instance, if you took out restaurants, uh-huh. right? And that was credit card repayment with the other payments, you have a lot more coming back into your budget when those are done. Okay. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That does. Yeah. So if we said, even if you took restaurants down to, we go out once a month mm-hmm. and that's not fun, but this is like, pre- right. keeping your, <laughs> but this is keeping your inheritance as your inheritance that your dad left that uh-huh. money for you for your retirement, not right. for joint. And I don't know your dad, right? I don't know what he said or what his intention was. Mm -hmm. I'm just making an assumption. And maybe you would say, Mm -hmm. you know, my dad would want us to have the house and for the wedding and would have been happy to pay for it. I don't know. But I also think you you do have the 0%. I would use it. I also think it's good habit to like live on a bit less for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because then once those are done, say we took a little bit out of that budget, right? Of the Mm-hmm. Shopping, entertainment, and restaurants, which is eight sixty combined. Um, mm-hmm. So let's say we took half of that back. So that's four hundred towards credit cards, and then you still have the other payments you're making towards credit credit cards. 
that's mm-hmm. 150 there, 129 there, 100 here. And I'm not going to use the car payment because that's almost done. I'm going to, I don't know um, the furniture mart. Is that, was that listed under the debt too or no? That is, so that is a credit card, correct? Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. So then towards credit cards, if we aggregate your restaurants, entertainment, and shopping budget, and we take half of that back. So 50% stays and however you want to distribute it, and 50% goes towards mm-hmm. credit card. We then, and then we get the credit, you, then with what your current monthly payments are for credit cards, plus 400, it's almost 1100 a month. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So then we continue to pay 1100 a month towards debt repayment while mm-hmm. we have the APR. And then I would, I mean, it feels like we'll be pretty close to getting that paid off. So times 24 months, I mean, we have, and you have no interest, that's 25,000. That should all get paid off. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. If you take mm-hmm. 1,100 times it by 24, mm-hmm. you'll have it all paid off, give or okay. take. Some of them are going to come due a little bit sooner than 24 months, but right. we're, we're not far off. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend focusing, Barbara, on like the ones that are coming due first yes. and putting a bigger yes. chunk towards that? Okay. Correct. Yep. I would focus okay. on the one. So of the roughly 1100 that you have, I would be allocating, mm-hmm. like I would be strategically applying that 1100 towards the ones coming due first. And as those get paid okay. off, you kind of do the snowball, right? So as one mm-hmm. gets paid off, like the thousand dollar one gets paid off, those monies now go to the next one that's coming due, which is the discover, right? Okay. Sure. And then that mm-hmm. one gets knocked down and then we pay off the, right? Because- once, if you do it that way and structure it that way, so then now we get seven thousand paid off. Well, now your monthly payment's eleven hundred. Well, then you only really need six months to pay off the the BOA one, oh, right? Sure, right, uh huh, yeah. So yeah. I, if I were you, if I were in your shoes, it looks like you can get this all paid off in twenty four months with the amount that we have allocated. If we just dial back the dining out entertainment mm-hmm. budget a bit, okay. Whether or not that happens every month will depend on the month. But if you shoot for that and it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But if it does, then you'll just get this done faster. And then your budget's like really pretty good for your income, right? Mm Because then all the credit cards are done and that whole section goes away. Right. It's a a lot of money back. Mm -hmm. Okay. And and then you're hitting everything, mm -hmm. right? Because like Mm -hmm. then your income is more than supporting your lifestyle and your savings goals. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I would start with that. Before I would use the inheritance, I would use the strategy of using the 0% APR cards and dialing back kind of the fun stuff in the budget. Sure. Targeting the ones that are coming first, going back to interest first. And then I think you'll be able to get it done with no problem. Our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because I was tired of taking so many supplements and I wanted a simple solution to boost my immune system support. I take it first thing in the morning before I even have my coffee and it makes me feel ready to take on the day. As a very busy entrepreneur and with recent health challenges, it is super important that I'm able to get immune system support because I don't have time to get sick. If you're looking for a simpler, effective investment for your health, try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash future rich. That's drinkag1.com forward slash future rich. Check it out today. 
Okay. Well, yeah. this is encouraging. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I would just, mm-hmm. I, if it were me, I would use the majority of the inherited IRA to fund your own. Okay. And okay. then I would determine what to do with the student loan. Cause that's really the only other debt you have to pay off. The car loan mm-hmm. is continuing to be done. You're just making the payments that will just be done. And so then right. obviously you're not going to pay off your mortgage. That's crazy. It's, I would leave right. that alone. Just make your mortgage payment. And then I would determine mm-hmm. the federal loans based on what would the income be if I left nonprofit land and does, is that the better right. path for me? And I'd rather just take that path and pay the loan off or should uh-huh. I, maybe the income's really not dramatically different and I'll stay in nonprofit land a little longer. Sure. I just okay. don't. I just don't think I would do the 20 year because the amount of money you're actually going to pay with a $300 mm-hmm. payment over another 10 years is like more than the actual balance that you owe. Right. Right. And kind of like you've been referencing, my dad was a man of, of education. So I think yes. if it came down to it and I would need to put some of the inherited IRA towards paying down that loan eventually, I, I know he would have been supportive of that move. And I would agree with that. Because mm-hmm. of the 140 that you inherited, you know, 31 goes there and then mm-hmm. the rest of it gets used for your retirement. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's see. We have other, I think you have other questions. Okay. So we've talked about the inherited IRA. So yes. I, I want you to stick with the 0% APR card program because it's a good, I like the strategy. I would, I don't know, you, you have PMI on your home. Mm-hmm. You're not spending a lot on the house, like re- relative to your income. I would kind of just, leave, I think I would maybe leave that alone. Okay. I would prefer yeah. for you to have it in your retirement. I think long-term that will behoove you more. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Retirement contributions are either, so the big de- delineation between retirement is either pre-tax, so like a traditional IRA concept or post-tax or Roth IRA. There is a third money type, but I don't want to muddy the waters with it because I don't think you need it. Okay. Okay. So we'll just have two... There's just if you think about it from two standpoints. We have pre-tax and Roth. Like so, okay. There is technically a post-tax dollar, but I don't want to get into that today. Okay. I don't want to lose you. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. I gotcha. We're going. So you can. I would use either pre-tax, which is traditional IRA, or Roth, which is after-tax, not tax. You know, when it meets the qualifications in retirement. Uh huh. Okay, and then how to purchase a second vehicle and when. Correct. Who is this second vehicle for? Right. So a little more background. So my lovely spouse um, sold his beloved Subaru, um, which was his baby. Um, It actually happened the day before he was let go, which was a huge blessing in disguise because the payment was about four sixty a month. Um, So he made that he made that sacrifice kind of in anticipation of me going back to school. Um, Okay. And so um, he, since he's working from home and, um, you know, we do have my car and my um, aunt has graciously allowed us to borrow her car um, when needed for a second vehicle. Um, When it comes down to it, he is a car man and he loves cars. (laughs) So I know being without a car is a lot for him. Um, So we're just kind of kicking around ideas about, you know, do we, I think he would, be very comfortable buying an older vehicle. We pay it off in cash and then he can have it and we can use it for trips. We like to camp and we have some gear. Um, so something that could haul for us a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So here's my question. Yes. 
when he gets his first paycheck, we don't know if it's going to be four or it could be like 4,300. Oh, yeah. And actually, maybe another detail that might help that I haven't mentioned yet is I added him to my health insurance at work for this time. Um, and so my take home pay went down by probably about, um, I think I put it on my spreadsheet. I'm trying to find it. Um, I was taking in about 3000 a month. So there's about oh, another wow. 600 there that once we shift back to once he gets on his employer plan and I'm on mine, um, we will get some money back because it was it's my plan's great for just me like it's it's expensive for a spouse Mm -hmm. exactly yes yeah okay so there's found money I was like I was literally being like where can I find money here okay (laughs) so Uh okay so that and his subie was 460 so let's say we have 400 ish Mm -hmm. coming back because he'll be covered by health insurance for his company you go back up to 3000 which actually a pretty significant Mm -hmm. jump that's a 600 dollar jump it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're. We definitively have six hundred coming back in the budget with your. Mm-hmm. So maybe his goes down, and it's not four thousand; it's three thirty nine hundred. But you said he had good benefits, right. so. Yes. Let's, so hopefully we have somewhere before four four hundred and five hundred a month coming back in. Uh huh. You could take a little bit out of one of the sinking funds because you really do have another account you could pull from if you need to to put like something down on a car for him. Okay. Because uh-huh. you do have the, like, I think, let me go back over. I think it's like 5000 uh-huh. between the emergency fund and the other vaults. You could use some of that. Yeah, you could use some of that. And then you have, and then the payment for that vehicle, right? You're thinking like, what did I say? Sorry, I'm going back and forth between the questions in the spreadsheet. So sure. 6000 you're using less. So like if you put 1500 down, right? And then finance mm-hmm. where you have a payment of like 250 and then you have the car insurance, which I would think would not be a lot. Right. Depending on it. So I would stay with the monthly expense, all in insurance. Ga- he's not going to use a lot of gas, right? Because he's working from home. So that's a benefit. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like the weekend, which you won't be filling up gas every week. So if you can keep, what I would do is try and keep the monthly expense to around the what you're getting back into the budget because we everything then stays the same really. And then I would put the down payment. Mm -hmm. I would just pull some out of the fall. Okay. Okay. Sure. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Yeah. Like, and then I guess in terms of what you said earlier about then my inherited IRA remains mine. Um, Mm -hmm. Even though like, even though the cart would be a joint jointly owned. um, But if we use our money to pay for it, then that money from the IRA stays stays mine. Yep. So then you're using joint income Mm -hmm. to pay for the car that's joint. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. In a worst case scenario, you always have the IRA to fall back on, but I really want to come from the perspective of like, it was your inheritance. Mm -hmm. And, and, And everyone gives different advice, right? Like I probably skew on the side of keeping that separate Mm -hmm. just because I've seen some really terrible things. Right. I'm coming to it from the perspective of like, that's your money. Let's protect it for you. Hopefully you're married for 40 years and have a happy marriage, in which case you'll be using those monies to support both of you in retirement. Uh But protecting you from the scenario of in 15 years, you spend it down and this is a terrible situation, but this happens. Um, Your husband leaves you. You now don't have the IRA because it was used to supplement joint expenses. And now Mm -hmm. you're you know, starting over at 45. 
Right. Mm -hmm. Doesn't always happen, but it can happen. Sure. So I, I like try and be like middle of the road because we don't, the thing is we don't know what will happen. So like pay off your student loan that puts more money back in the joint budget, stuff like that. Um, okay. always makes me feel a little bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Now, ironically, I give this advice having watched my parents been married almost 50 years. <laughs> sure. So sure. like, uh, but I, the thing is in my office, I have a lot of women that come through that made decisions and then now are dealing with the financial fallout of decisions um, that they made. And I will say in my personal experience as a CFP, I generally find that the women in a divorce situation end up worse off financially. That's what I see in my mm-hmm. office. That's my experience having done thousands of meetings at this point. Mm-hmm. I very rarely right. have a man come into my office in a divorce situation that's worse off. It, it has happened. The majority is the female. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. Which... I come to it from that perspective of like preserving the IRA, inherited IRA for you and your benefit and your financial future understanding that you're mm-hmm. married, but it wasn't left, it wasn't left 50% to you, 50% to your husband. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I would use the savings from the health insurance because that's substantial and you're right. Yeah. That's a great savings. And that's mm-hmm. a good monthly number for a car where you're not driving it every day to work. Cause the gas really can add up very quickly, just like 200 bucks a month right there. But mm-hmm. if you're just taking it on weekends, um, and then it mm-hmm. means if you're going on a trip on the weekend, you're not driving your car. So it like, it kind of negates itself a bit. So I, w- I would use that monthly income and then some of your savings to put the money down on the car. Okay. Okay. And then we have our next top question, which is planning for schooling and taking a semester off. I do think it would be fine to use some of the inherited IRA for that, for your education. Okay. Mm-hmm. And do, do, do what I would investigate as well. Once again, this is referencing the CPA. Okay. Cause you, you really don't, you have seven credits, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then by the spring, it actually will just be two because I'm knocking out four with my um, school payment um, this fall. So it'll be uh, $1,200 um, for the actual cost of schooling, but then there'll be the um, loss of income, income with my full-time job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, so you could take, so if you say I'm going to take the, cause you're ta- you literally are probably, you have to take most likely it makes sense to take a distribution every year. And I said, maybe this year take more. So then maybe next year, uh-huh. if you're not working to do that, it makes sense to use the inherited IRA to pay for your schooling, the loss of income for your schooling. Mm-hmm. And that should cover you. It also, you could investigate, and this is once again, the CPA, like married filing joint, is that more advantageous for you? And then would you qualify for different health insurance as well? Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you could use the inherited IRA for that. And then I think the big decision is whether or not you leave nonprofit land, right? Because the mm-hmm. benefit of nonprofit land is you make a lower salary, but you have access to that loan forgiveness program. Mm-hmm. And like, is it worth staying in nonprofit land for, by the time you finish your schooling, what is it, two and a half more years? Right, right. But as I understand it, then if I'm not working full time, I won't, any payments I make won't count towards that forgiveness during that time frame. Because you have to get the employer. Is there any way you can be what's called full-time, part-time, like where you qualify as full-time, but you're not working full-time hours? Have they, have you asked them about um, that? 
I, I do need to, I think, circle back with my employer. Um, and, and this is a, a good challenge for me and um, a kind of one of those uncomfortable conversations, but um, of like, would you all keep me on for like 30 hours? Yeah. I, I just wonder if I can manage that with managing my mom's you know, stuff, stuff yeah. too. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. I would find out, and I don't know this, I would find out what qualifies as full-time for the loan forgiveness. Mm-hmm. How many hours? Like, what do you need? Is it okay. 26 hours? Mm-hmm. Is it 30? Mm-hmm. Would they be able to let you do one day from home where you could, I don't know. I would investigate that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really like the idea of that getting forgiven for you. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The whole the whole reason like the nonprofit space is great is because you have access to that, but they do pay right. less, right? Like that's a mm-hmm. everything in life, especially with the government, is a seesaw. If you get something, you give something right. up. It's just very standard. So I'd hate to see you mm-hmm. like move out of nonprofit land and then right. it would have to and maybe the move out is like such an increase in income, it's like no big deal than to just say, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna tackle the remaining debt, like a thousand bucks a month and I'm like way happier and like this way better, but you're so close to having it done. Yes. Right. I am super close. Mm -hmm. Yes. I would just like look at the math on that more and find out what is it like for the employment verification, like how many hours do you actually have to be working? Is it like, maybe Mm -hmm. it's, I don't know what it is. Is it 22 to qualify? I thought it was 30, but I could be wrong on that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like if the 30, right. could those be like three 10 hour days that you do so mm-hmm. four days, like to do right. the class and then the other days with your mom? I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I would look at that a little further. Okay. And yes, it is an uncomfortable um, conversation, but I will say that how long have you been at that company? Yeah, so I'll, I'll, it'll be four years in September. So I've been there a decent amount of time. And um, I think I mean, I, I feel like I, you know, definitely bring value to the company. And I've got some documentation saved up to that effect. So maybe, you know, hopefully they'd want to keep me if they could. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that you've been there a long time, which implies that you're a good employee, because you wouldn't be there uh-huh. if they weren't happy with you. Right. And it's a very short term, like it's one semester, right? It's just January through May. Yeah, yeah, it'd be, yeah, maybe the longest, it could potentially extend to August, but yeah, six to eight months max. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just say for temporarily, can I, I'm going to be in school, can I reduce my hours? Mm-hmm. It's, I would mm-hmm. think as an employer, it's easier to reduce your hours than hire and replace you and hope they're as competent as you. That's that's a great point, which I think is probably accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, so if you for the mm-hmm, field I'm in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you think about it from their perspective, you say, "Okay, I'm leaving." They now have mm-hmm. to post the job. Someone needs to write a job description. It needs to be posted. Someone needs to take time to interview candidates. A complete time suck. Right. Some of them never even show up for the interview. Then they do show mm-hmm. up. It doesn't go well. I mean, then and you're like, they're going to spend all of this time to replace you. When you really only need like mm-hmm. a temporary step back. Right, right. And they have to hope the person that they replace you with is as good or better, which statistically mm-hmm. is probably not the case. They could like hire someone and they stink and then they have to fire them and they start all over again. Sure, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I actually think you have a lot of leverage there because you're going to like That's, in your yeah. mind, you've written the question of like, I'm definitely taking off. So if you're coming from the attitude of like, you can't accommodate me, I'm going to leave. So if you propose it mm-hmm. to them of like, I'd prefer to stay if you can accommodate me and I would make sure that you know what that mm-hmm. forgiveness is and you can swing both. But if you're only, you're only doing one class in the spring, right? 
So one class, but I have to get a lot of, I have to get clinical Clinical hours. hours. Um, mm -hmm. So that'll be um, likely unpaid (laughs) Um, and, you know, potentially working. I would at least need to work probably a day and a half focused solely on that. Yeah. So I would ask, I, I would ask for everything you want, maybe a little bit more than you would be willing to take. Because mm-hmm. I actually think from the company standpoint, it's easier for them, especially if the hours are like not, you're not asking for five hours a week, where like they mm-hmm. probably can't swing the loss of, of work. Mm-hmm. But if you're like, I could do two days in the office, 10 hours, and then, you know, two five hour days I'm available at home or something. I don't know. If at me as uh-huh. an employer would be like, I'd rather have someone really good at 30 hours than hope I find someone competent at 40 because that's, it could very hit or miss. Sure, sure. No, this is helpful to hear you say that because I think that's been in the back of my mind and um, and I have nothing to lose. They can tell me you, no and then that, you know, but. Mm-hmm. And then your plan stays the same. But if they tell you, yes, yeah. you get, you might, you're like closer to getting 20 or 31,000 forgiven. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Which let's take it. <laughs> yeah. Get and, it. and like, I don't know about you, but I find that um, at least when I worked in a firm, like, well, granted they had me there like 50, 60 hours a week, but I wasn't like wow. working the full 60, if that makes sense. Like you go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. you talk to somebody when you walk in, like you're, it's not an actual 60 hours. Mm-hmm. So like if you're working 30, like are you clocked in productive 30 or is it really like 27? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, um, we do timekeeping. Yeah. Well, we work under a billable structure, but we're since we're a nonprofit, we're not. But we manage it's managed that way, so it does end up being seven point five hours every day. But I'm I'm there longer, let's say. Um, yeah. So uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I would find out what the minimum is for the eligibility, and then be realistic okay. about like what are the clinical hours, what do those look like, what mm-hmm. is the school, and like how many hours, and like while you're doing this, like, could your sister step up a little temporarily mm-hmm. and manage a mm-hmm. little bit more for 68 months for you? Right. Because the, getting 31000 forgiven is pretty big lump sum. Sure. Absolutely. Just to, to give you, so just to like, you're 36, right? So 31000 mm-hmm. So if you look at it for what it would be if it stayed for retirement, just mm-hmm. so at 46, if it's growing by 7.2% of compounding interest, it's 62000 then at 56, it's 104, right? 104. Then at mm-hmm. 66, it is 208. Yeah, yeah. So it's a big number. Like if if it were the opposite rather than debt, it was an investment account for you. So it is a sure. pretty big chunk of change that if you can mm-hmm. leave those monies invested versus use them to pay off, it's fine if you do. But the future value mm-hmm. of those dollars is very significant. It's it's more than thirty. It'll work out to be like two two fifty in in retirement. Right. Yeah, that would be um, amazing. So I know this is this is worth that's worth it to have that conversation and see if I can get myself a little bit closer down the line. Yeah, because it was like, so nice. And there's no, as far as I know, with the loan uh, public service loan forgiveness program, there's no tax ramifications. So it's a clean forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. gone amazing. <laughs> yeah, which is great. Yeah. And then you're yeah. in a really good spot for retirement. You you and your husband bought a house. And I would say like, mm-hmm. while you're in school, and with the stuff going on with your mom, things will be a little bit tight, I would say for 24 months. Mm-hmm. And if you can, basically, if you sacrifice about 24 months, you have no more credit card debt, 
we'll just say that you get mm-hmm. the loans forgiven. You have, we're going to repurpose your dad's inherited IRA into more or less your own retirement, right? Correct. And you're in a good spot financially then, like a very good spot. It, it, everything else awesome. will get easier. So like the l- other goals of like honeymoon, having kids, like mm-hmm. all of that really, you will have the affordability. You can afford all of that it, because retirement's been almost taken care of for you. Mm-hmm. And then yes. if you're able to protect that, if the trust is able to seal and you get that money, then that comes in down the road. Everything just starts to get incrementally easier from a financial situation. There's just a lot mm-hmm. right now. And that is why like, I just want to get you a little farther before we like liquidate and pay things off because I think you can do it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm up to give it a try. A yeah. Give try. it, yeah. Give it a whirl. Mm-hmm. Cause the worst case is it doesn't work. And you say, you know what, it's not worth it. I'm just going to take some money out. I'm just going to pay off the student loans and I'll just save higher more down the road. That's also fine too. But I think we just need mm-hmm. a little more like knowledge, right? Like a few more data points. Like what does your employer say? How many hours do you really have to work? Like, I think we right. just need to get a little farther with a few more data points. And then I think you can make a more intentional decision about it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm excited. Okay. Amazing. I think I covered everything. Oh, one other thing I didn't cover, which is in our class, which is life insurance. So I'll just leave yes. it at, I'm a huge fan of term insurance and I am not a fan of any of the others. That is good to know. <laughs> okay. It's in, it's on, if you take our class, it's on page nine of our workbook. It talks about okay. the, the, how very expensive permanent insurance is and how most people, not all, but most people are better off with term and investing mm-hmm. the difference between the, the cost of those policies. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Uh, well, this was great. So I feel like we did two very different episodes here for you, which is your parents' finances and how that's impacting you and how to handle those. And then you and mm-hmm. your, uh, in your newly married life, your finances and your goals and your retirement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Barbara. I, I appreciate it. I definitely feel like I'm walking away with a lot of good tools in my toolbox. So feel ready. Amazing. And I'm so happy to have you on and go through all of this. And for our lovely listeners, you can follow us on Instagram for our most up-to-date information, uh, which our name is Future Rich Podcast. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.